You are listening to Digging In Podcast, presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors. Welcome back to another episode of the Digging In Podcast. I'm your host, Kenjo Kelly, helping you get those questions answered to and through retirement. Back for another special appearance on the podcast, the man, the myth, the legend, the awesome father of four, Zach Gray. Well, hey, I'll take the father comment. I don't know about any myth, legend, and so on and so forth, but what are we digging into today, Kinch? Well, Zach, um, something interesting has happened since our last podcast. Uh, we've gotten, Uh-oh. we fielded a lot of questions coming in from from all sorts of walks of life. So interesting. Today's episode is Burning Questions with Zach Gray. So I've got a laundry list of questions to go through. Each one of them, we could probably fill an entire podcast of you waxing philosophically about this and that but so i'm gonna hold you to two minutes on the clock per question oh boy we haven't discussed any of these and when you say burning questions um that's a little scary in itself get the icy hot out you're gonna be sore after we get through with these oh boy all right here we go um so these these questions range um all over the place uh some of them are personal about you some of them are about our firm some of our um some of them are about like our philosophy. So maybe you can just give a high level. This can be kind of a, a FAQ, if you will. So rapid file, f- rapid fire in your in your great fashion. I'm ready. Let's All go. Right. Here we go. But first question: Can I borrow against my 401k, and what does that look like? Yes, most likely. Some of which is going to be pertaining to rules and limits within inside the respective 401k, 403b. 457, et cetera. So really back to the carrier um, and what those rules might be. Most of which we see, though, if you're under 59 and a half, you have the ability to draw some portion of your 401k, typically with some limits in play. And that kind of goes without saying, right? I mean, we can't borrow potentially more than what we have inside the portfolio. And that's why they Mm -hmm. have those limits set in play. And they also realize that the market could go up, it could go down. Mm -hmm. So they have to thus build in a little bit of buffer room there, typically a set percentage. And sometimes that's renewed on an annualized basis. If you're over 59 and a half, take a look. You might be able to roll that to something like an IRA, Roth IRA, depending on what type of portfolio you have. And then from there, a little bit more loose in terms of what the reins are because you could pull money out of a qualified account over the age of 59 and a half, not have any penalties as well. So the quick answer is, is most likely, yes, if you're under 59 and a half, some rules do apply over 59 and a half. Chances are you can get it out of the 401 structure. And frankly, I like that better anyway. I would tell folks that are working with our team or working really anywhere for that matter with another advisor, I think that there's just a lot of value in getting it outside the workplace, less hoops, easier on a beneficiary, could do conversions uh, in a little bit more easy or or meaningful manner. So, I mean, I, I guess there's a large part of the reasons that I think that makes sense, but the quick answer is yes, 
and uh, let us know if we can answer those further questions. Okay, sounds good. I got a little ahead of myself. I forgot to give the big flashing disclosure. Situations are situational, right? Depends on your personal situation. These, This is not advice. This is just high-level informational content. Do not take this advice as uh, written on tablets, right? Meet with a financial professional. I know a guy. If you need a guy, give me a jingle. Next question. Uh, what is Zach's favorite candy bar? Oh boy, uh, that is a tough one. I'm a lover of all candies and um, <laughs> equal opportunity. I, exactly, I don't discriminate, and uh, so love some Snickers, Reese's, the big ones. Mm-hmm. And if you get around holiday season and you can get like the eggs or the trees, they're oh. just better. That's they're right. They're just better. Like they're just a little less rigid, like mm-hmm. the build around the outside, the structure. So they're amazing, um, but. <laughs> Wow, did I? What happened? What am I talking about? Um, no, uh, I think, the, I mean, we could, you know, I don't know that there's many that I have not tried. Those seem to come to the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And I only say that because, you know, a true test of a candy bar is what are you going to get in your blizzard? And, mm. you know, when I'm thinking ice cream, I enjoy like kind of like the hard crunch of the caramel of mm-hmm. the Snickers. But there's not a whole lot that beats that like kind of just velvety peanut butter. And so I've, I've got to be limited. My little guy, mm-hmm. he's allergic to peanuts. So like if I'm out and about without him, and I get a good chance to disinfect before I you know, give him a hug when I get home. <laughs> there's a little I self-indulgence. Get, I've got to get one. Yes, sir. I might have to stop by that DQ on the way home myself. Uh, not a sponsor of the podcast. Maybe they should be if they're getting free Where shout outs. DQ. <laughs> All right. Uh, Your team looks so young. How can I be confident in them? Great question. They are young on purpose. First off, um, Kinch, if we're considered young. Oh, man. I don't necessarily (laughs) feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lot less uh, gray hair. More hair, period. Okay. (laughs) Um, A few years back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, on purpose, um, I will say this could be a lengthy question, but I'll just keep it short. Um, I've had employees that be substantially younger. I've had employees that be substantially older. A couple things come to mind. Um, We're very open in terms of we want the best player on the team that we can get here to help us. Now, other thoughts that come along with that is, is it, you know, how long will a team member be with us? And, you know, that could be for a multitude of reasons. Maybe that's um, becoming a mother or a father. Uh, Maybe that's... um, family and desires to move to a different area that we don't maybe have like a, a, a on the on the ground boots on the ground influence um, but one of which has to be age thinking about that and a little bit of that that's kind of ran through my mind while we've strategically thought about who is number one the best player followed up by that second question is because early on people would look at me and say Zach you're really young mm-hmm. um, I, I like everything you're saying etc 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 and and Hey, I was super blessed to grow the business at a young age and grow it very, very well. Super blessed. However, it's a conversation. Now we're getting more and more people to say, hey, listen, my guy or my gal is at the point where they're retiring and and they just haven't really come up with a good way to have a younger person in the office. I don't know who I'm getting passed to. I I don't really have, you know, that, um, you know, there was a a gentleman in the office not too long ago that said, hey, my my life insurance guy is like 85. Should I call him? Or like, I think I I still know where he's at. I mean, could I hit him up? Um, Maybe is the answer, but it's definitely something we're thinking through. What I will tell you is this, here at Rooted, we believe in getting the best that we possibly can. And um, 
you know, we have to work within the confines of, of everything, budgets mm-hmm. and logistics and where we're at demographically and so on and so forth. It's a big reason for our expansion, which we've talked about on podcasts before. But on past that point, um, we just want to bring the best. What I have seen is, is that if we can build the foundation of someone in this business and really show them the way that we want them to treat clients and our processes and the way that we do business and the way that we're committed and connected to our to our client base and even team culture here as a team, mm-hmm. that's been really beneficial. So um, 100%, they're the best of the best. I'd put this team up against anyone in the country. Obviously, I'm biased, but there's a big vetting process and there's a lot of thinking that goes behind that too. Mm-hmm. I will add, we're probably not as young as we appear. Some of the energy in the office, I keeps us young. Um, uh, plus that and like, you know, the just for men hiding the grays and all that stuff. Exactly. So coming n- along the with. appearances are not all, all, all what they seem. Next question. Uh, what about crypto? Do you believe in it? Do you sell it? We don't sell it. Um, we don't broker it in any way, shape or form. That would be more of a wallet. <laughs> we typically have most of our um, dollars with a registered custodian. I think that that's the way that you should have any of your dollars. Um, and so nonetheless, we can get deep into the differences of all of those things. Um, but what I will say is that from a speculative investment side, potentially it could make some sense. Um, you've seen a roller coaster of volatility, um, so heavily, um, influenced by regulation or lack of regulation. We could get deep into the weeds about what this looks like from like a political, mm-hmm. philosophical thought on on cash and in values of dollar and all of these things. Um, do I think it's here? Yeah. Do I think it's here to stay? To some extent, yes. Do I think it's going to uh, be the only way uh, that businesses transacted? transacted? A- absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I think if people looked kind of behind the curtain as to like the origins of like why you would need a currency that wasn't already there, I think people would be surprised as to why it's around, but it's here now, right? Exactly. Um, am I too old to start saving or taking action? Yes. No, um, okay. no, th- definitely not. And I mean, all jokes aside, um, you know, we get that question a lot in terms of saving or even taxes. Um, no, I, I mean, I believe in the value of it. The way I was raised is that a buck's a buck and the more that you can do, to help take care of yourself. Maybe it's you and a spouse. Maybe it's a family. Um, you should. And um, I don't know, maybe that sounds too simplistic to say, uh, but no, it's never too late. Um, there are a, a, a lot of, inf- there's a lot of information out there. Um, one of which was done by our good friend and advisor on the team, John Saverino on Talking Money. Go check it out on uh, on YouTube. Um, but, um, you know, he did a quick example. And highest of level, um, if you saved... 30 to 40 kinch and you stopped set rate of return looked at that money in terms of what it would look like at the age of 65 you saved 40 to 60 okay so we're talking twice the amount of time mm-hmm. same rate of return same investment of the same monthly or annualized dollars into the investment you would have with a decent rate of return you got to run about a, above a 4% number you'd have double the amount of money coming out of the 10 year window is what you would the 20 year window. So yeah. Is there a point to be made of saying, Hey, let's start young. Yeah. It's called compound interest, 
But what I would say is it's never too late and we could go really deep on that. We just don't have the time on our two minute clock. Didn't Albert Einstein have a, have a quote about compound interest, how it was, I I don't know. I'm going to butcher it if I even attempt it, but uh, it just about how powerful it really was. And it's crazy when you do the math on that, I'm still blown away. And I've seen that example for over a decade now. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of them and you could do the penny that doubles every single day. And Mm -hmm. that's another classic one that you see if you're out there watching and you're wondering like, okay, does this, cause this is something I could take home to my kids or grandkids. Just Google that up penny that doubles every day. (laughs) And you'll be blown away at how fast and exponentially that will grow over time. Um, and so I think it's just important to, um, yeah, to, to look at it under that lens of that's a good message, of course, to pass on to younger generations. But once again, I'll just reiterate, it's never too late, um, to be taking your finances, your retirement, mm-hmm. uh, your investments very seriously. Next question. I've seen Zach in a, sh- in a suit with Jordans on, where does he get his style from? I was, uh, <laughs> A, a deprived child. I okay. think this is a compliment. I think this is a this compliment. This is not going to happen in two minutes. Um, <laughs> we got a lot to unpack here um, from my childhood. Um, I uh, I grew up going to uh, get Payless shoes a lot. I grew up in what happens to be the GOAT um, era. Mm-hmm. And um, my vote is very clear. I think that maybe we align on these views. If we don't, you're fired. I'm We've sorry. shared a lot of thoughts on the Jordan doc. Okay. And, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think that now that they're kind of coming back around, um, you won't see me wear them, um, on a day that I'm typically meeting with clients, but a fun Friday, um, or maybe, a an industry event, something mm-hmm. like that. I'm definitely going to see maybe about rocking some Jordan ones. I think that once you get outside of that, like it gets, it gets pretty, um, you know, pretty iffy on whether it matches the suit jacket, but you know, the Jordan ones, they got so many color options. It's classic. It's It's a classic. It's It's easy to put on a pair of lows and it'll match anything. So my high tops, like it's an acquired taste. It takes a little bit of guts to rock them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still think like the 11s can go well with most, but, uh, I mean, I think you're definitely rubbing off on some people. We were just at an industry event and somebody else tried to pull it off, but they weren't the ones. And I was like, Ooh, you're stepping outside of close. the box. It's close. If you're going to, if you're yep. going to put on something different, <laughs> like I just recently got a set of, uh, fives for my little guy Kinch and, um, you know, if you know, you know, and mm-hmm. if you don't, then like, yeah. they kind of look at you like, <laughs> why are you, you know, you know, spit polishing your, your child's shoe. And I'm like, listen, yeah, you can't. Yeah, like yeah. the toe box it's, on these. It's, that's, and that's hard for a three-year-old to... I know. Trust <laughs> me. It's, he's, got a, he's got a tough predicament on his hands. All right. What are your fees? Great question. And a question, by the way, that everyone watching or listening should be asking their advisor. Um, I'll get on a bit of a soapbox here for a moment. I think that everyone should be working with a fiduciary. That is my personal opinion. Uh, does not necessarily mean that you have to agree with my opinion. But it is the biggest reason of which I got in, involved with building my own firm. The the thought uh, was first floated around. If I just go back in time, I'm out of college. Um, Obama, whether you love him to death, you you, you hate you know everything that, that he stands for, don't matter care where you stand, he just brought up a point to say, hey, listen, if you're going to work with someone's hard-earned money, you should be thinking about working in their best interest. And I thought, boy, this seems to make sense. I mean... Of course, that's what I would want to get from my doctor or my attorney or anyone. I would want them always kind of in my corner. And so um, thus, it makes a lot of sense to always have someone putting you first. That is, I think, step one. 
Now, past that point, it's important to know then that we only charge what we call a fiduciary wrap fee. We can go deep into the weeds of what that is, but it's much different than charging a commission or a load, which you might get from like a broker dealer, for example. And so my point of this unraveling is just for you to ask the hard questions of like, what expenses do I have? I just literally had someone in the office the other day and I said, you know, their fee's not it's not horrible. It's roughly 1%. In rough number speaking, that's the quick answer to your question is roughly 1%. Depends on the size of the portfolio and so on and so forth, but it's going to net out to be somewhere in that realm or potentially a little lesser. And they said, well, you know, they're, they're similar in fee. I think first off, Kinch, I'll pay you 10% if you can get me 40% returns every year, right? I mean, I know that I'm being a bit facetious here. Right. But I also think that you need to think about what's the value <clears throat> that you're getting, right? I mean, what is it looking at from a holistic point of view? Are you thinking about income, taxes, legacy? Um, who's pulling that together for you? Who's quarterbacking that for you? And what's interesting is that that particular example didn't feel as if they were getting that. And on past that point, they were paying expense ratios, which is a whole other fee thing mm. we could get into, that were somewhere from between 0.85 on some of their funds. Some of them were at like 1.31, which is... Once again, paying another one and a third mm-hmm. percent on top of uh, the fee. Yeah. So, uh, quick answer is, you know, we try <clears> to be kind of roughly in a net one percent of fee on the portfolio that we design. But it is a really important question. So I'm glad it was brought up. It's definitely worth asking to your advisor. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I think when we get asked that on like the event side of things, when we're at an event, we don't always know how to answer. But I would definitely encourage everybody to to dig into their own situation and understand like. Is it a fee on top of a fee disguised by another fee or what is it really? So I appreciate the transparency. Um, When should I start saving? Earlier, the better. Kind of went into this in one of the other questions. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, I don't really know what's coming at me next. Um, But yes, I do believe that the earlier you can save, the better off that you're going to be. We won't spend a lot of time here, but the whole compounding interest story, very, very important. Um, but you also have to live life, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a balance there because sometimes I'll give the, the answer in a meeting to say, you know, well, can I do this or should I do that? And there's a balance. I mean, um, you know, if I'm only thinking about economics, um, should I really get my three-year-old a pair of Jordans? Cause I never got them. Cause I got hand-me-down shoes from my, from my older cousin, shout out to you, Norv. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, I think that, you know, no, mm-hmm. but like, is there, should we all, like, if we all really wanted to buckle down and change certain things, do right. you really need to go get the coffee or do you, you know, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think that there's just a life to live somewhere in between. So uh, first things first, make sure that you're taking care of your personal needs, mm-hmm. um, your personal health, mental, physical, um, nutritional, all of those things, all the things need to be met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think on past that point, you can start to say, yeah, now the sooner that I can get to saving, Mm -hmm. it reflects right back to the conversation we just had. Right. Personal decisions and you got to have balance, right? Don't overextend. Um, how would you invest your money? This is a good one. That's a good question. Um, I will tell you it's, it's a large part of exactly how we invest our clients funds and, um, we can get deep into the weeds if we care to, but, um, First off, I I think you need to be working with an advisor that practices what he preaches, Um, kind of going right back to the, are you working with a fiduciary, always doing the right thing? Are they even taking their own advice? I had this brought up by um, 
all a gentleman that I kind of follow some of his material, read some of his books. And he just kind of made the comment about, um, I think to put it very crudely and bluntly, he's like, you know, would I really trust a, um, a trainer that looks as if, you know, they're, you know, they're grossly overweight mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Um, no, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I, at least from the optics, I, I wouldn't right out of the gates. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's interesting that, you know, um, that we do judge people, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but that is a true story and true statement. And so what I would say is, is that, you know, I think that you should be as fee conscious as possible. We just touched on that in a question. I think that you should be as tax efficient as possible, which we have touched on in several podcasts together, um, because I believe that a buck's a buck and you should, you know, treat it as if, Hey, the more that I can keep probably the better. It helps insulate me, my family, my loved ones, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, the quick high level is, is that be fee conscious, be tax efficient, be working with a team that you trust, uh, make sure that it's always on a regulated uh, platform. So that's, we use TD Schwab as our custodian, something like a Fidelity, et cetera. Make sure that it's, you know, I always say that jokingly yet not jokingly, Kinch, that keeps you from working with a Bernie Madoff. Um, you know, that's important to be mm-hmm. noted. Just be looking at those P's and Q's. But um, those are a couple high level, very fee conscious, very tax efficient where I possibly can be. And once again, be thinking about, we sometimes say, tax planning versus tax preparation. Mm-hmm. I think you need to be thinking about it. If you're thinking about this from an investment planning perspective, where's the puck going, yep. right? And so that's consistently what's running through my mind. That's unique to me. And disclaimer, this is going to need to be unique for every mm-hmm. single one that's watching or listening because um, I need to be thinking about business expenses, expansion. Mm-hmm. What would we, how much capital do we need to keep back for those things? Marketing budget, which you know very well and things of that nature. So all those thoughts are running through my mind and I have to balance that with, you know, what are my personal desires and wants and, and, and needs and thinking about my, my own financial plan for the long term. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting perspective that I have not thought of before. Don't trust a cook who doesn't eat their own cooking. That is, there you go. That is spot on. I appreciate that. Um, how much should I put in retirement? This is going to be a very situ- situational question. So maybe you can give some high level. Yeah, I think that, you know, as I'm thinking back to a few of the answers we've already given, I think that once again, make sure that you're taken care of in terms of all of your foundational needs. Of course, um, we have met folks that have have literally lived in environments that have been questionable to their health or even mental health. Um all based around fear of not saving enough. Mm-hmm. So where does this balance become? Um it's tough to call yeah. over a question like this, all situational, of course. But I do think that it's important to just be thinking about, let's take care of the foundation. Another little interesting nuance is then once past that point, then take take the, take the a 30,000-foot view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sure you are being as efficient as possible. Um, little things like stepping into a 401k. Maybe you have a match there. That's, in essence, free money. You know, if you're working there, so maybe that makes a little more sense than you trying to put it into a Robinhood account. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, little things like that right. um, are very, very important. And then even thinking about, we see some folks, Kinch, that might be carrying a fair amount of credit card or high interest debt, and and we start to go, well, I mean, I love the fact that you're saving, but if you have mm-hmm. this debt load that's costing you, you know, twelve, fifteen, twenty percent. I think you should knock that out. As a fiduciary, we have to always be, once again, right. not giving self-serving advice, but we need to be making sure that we're giving as good of tailored of, as, of advice as possible. So once again, a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the more the better. 
but just make sure you're looking at all aspects. That's good. That's good. And that's what I love about the team too, right? Like you're not getting paid on telling somebody to try and take care of some credit card debt, right? You're looking out for their best interest. So I appreciate that as well. Last question I got, who is your favorite digging in podcast host? I don't know how that one made it on there. Well, I did host an episode. (laughs) Oh, got me there. Got me there. That'll do it for us on this episode of Digging In. If you've got any other burning questions, just send them my way. You can call in. You can email me, kinch at rootedretirement.com. I'll make sure to put together another burning questions rapid fire, and uh, we'll see if we can't get a shot clock in here for this guy, because I think some of those maybe went a little over two minutes. That's all right. Until next time, keep digging in. This was Digging In Podcast. Presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors.